Are you looking for an inspiring listen? Something to motivate you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Women of the Northwest, where we have conversations with ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. Motivating, inspiring, compelling. Hello and welcome to Women of the Northwest, where I get to interview ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. I'm Jan Johnson, your host. So glad you could join us today. I have Julia Akilamali here, who grew up in Maryland with her three brothers and seven sisters. Her dad was Rwandan and immigrated to America from the Congo during the war. She attended Job Corps in Astoria and received a degree in IT and continued on to study at Clatsop Community College. Her next step is to pursue a psychology degree where she can marry IT with it to create adaptive technology. She works at a memory care in Warrenton, trying to pay for her education and keep going. When she was 17, she was in a severe car accident, which left her paralyzed from the neck down. Listen in to her great story. Hi, Julia. Welcome to Women of the Northwest. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) Tell me about where you grew up. I grew up in Maryland, mm-hmm. and then I came over to the West Coast. What was your family like? Oh, wow. My family was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I grew up with seven girls and three boys. <laughs> it was always fun. Busy? <laughs> always things to do, yeah. Where are you in the list? Second to last. Oh, almost the baby. Yes, technically now the baby. My <laughs> sister passed away, but yeah. Oh, oh, huh. Where did your dad work? What did he do? Well, my dad is from Africa. Okay. <laughs> so he had businesses in Africa, and then he came to America after war. Oh. And, yeah. Where in Africa? He lived in Congo. Okay. But he's Rwandan. Uh-huh. All right. And your mother, too? Or no? My mother's from Africa as well. Yeah, is yeah. as well. Huh. Okay. He's Congolese. Yeah. All right. So have you been back there or have you been there or no? Soon. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. kind of a dream of yours to go? Yeah. To go back. Yeah. Have any of your other siblings gone yes. back? Yeah. And how was that for them? What was it like? Different because they weren't there for so long mm-hmm. to go back to a place that was once home, I guess still is home to them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Really different. That would be really different to go back to find out kind of your roots and, you know, who your people are, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you came out west to do what? A viable internship. Okay. How long were you there? Nine months. Nine months. Yeah. What was that like? It was amazing. I got to, you know, really indulge in Jesus, mm-hmm. know him at a deeper level. Yeah. And did you make some good friends? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, that's where I, th- I think I met my first real friends. In life. Really? Yeah. yeah. What made the connection? Jesus. Yeah. Just being able to understand heart to heart. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you went to Job Corps? I did. And what did you do there? IT. And what kind of um, things did you have to do to learn? Like, were you... Specifically, yeah. So we had to like take apart computers, put them back together, <laughs> um, write down the steps, things like that. Mm-hmm. And how do you think you can use that? Where will you go with that? Um, 
just the knowledge I can do anything, you know, I can work for Microsoft one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's something you could do anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now you've been going to class of college. What classes have you taken there? What are you pursuing? I have taken a couple different classes. I am currently doing a transfer degree, but my focus is on psychology and IT. Okay. What What do you hope to do? I hope to be a UX designer. Oh, okay. And then what will that take to do that? What kind of things? Um, It will take either a bachelor's in psychology or um, something that kind of goes towards that route Mm -hmm. or a certificate in UX design. Hmm. I'm trying to picture how you would put those two together okay so user experience design basically you're building like softwares Mm -hmm. it can go from building softwares or building like a keyboard Mm -hmm. for like someone who's disabled and it takes like if it's a software you think i'm trying to attract what kind of age group what colors would be attracted to them or like things like that it's a lot of psychology that's fascinating yeah that's really fascinating i know that when my first husband he had a brain tumor and after the surgery he ended up paralyzed yeah. and so just trying to problem solve like what are the logistics of how to get dressed and what to do easier and how to communicate and how to do you know yeah, yeah. so it is a fascinating fascinating study that's yeah. neat you maybe you will be inventive of something <laughs> some new process or something yes. with that too so where would you like to live when you're doing this job in your dream job <laughs> my dream job that's a good question um i know i can't pinpoint a certain area i love oregon um, yeah wherever god takes me yeah wherever he wants me i'll go are you thinking you could also do something uh remotely yeah for yeah. sure it's like the the best part about technology. Uh huh. I can be anywhere, you know. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter where you were. Yeah. 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 So you could do that here. You could do some somewhere else as well. Who's somebody that's really inspired you? My dad. Yeah. Why? Because he left a land where he had everything, and he came, and he did everything for his kids. Yeah. It was probably hard to leave. Well, there was a war. Yeah, I mean, so that part was, I know, but to be forced to do, to be forced to leave is, yeah. And then to new learn a new culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. And that, yeah. That would be very difficult. Did he know anyone over here when he came? Nobody. But um, because there was a war, a lot of people came together. Mm-hmm. So he knew people. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who all came. Yeah, because like America took in a lot, a lot of the refugees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is that to think about what's going on in Ukraine? Oh my gosh, uh, it's it's deep because um, I just think about the women. You know, I think about them leaving their husbands. I think about them leaving their kids who are over eighteen. Like it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really hard. <laughs> any any. It's just all of that atrocity is so, it's so difficult to wrap your mind around how it can even happen. How can people be as evil as they are to, to treat other people, destroy other people or not value life? That's, (laughs) it's overwhelming, I think, 
you know, to think about that is just you are going to now go to university, maybe from somewhere. Somewhere, yes. <laughs> somewhere. You haven't quite decided yet, but uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But then, if you did that, if you went and did it online, you could still stay here, or you could go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about Job Corps. When you were in Job Corps, what was that like? Did you get to meet a lot of people from other places, or did you? Yeah, Job Corps. Job Corps. There's no one word to describe. <laughs> I met a lot of people there. Um, it's a blessing to a lot of people. I've seen like people come in who have nothing, you know, like people who literally will tell me their story of like doing drugs and mm -hmm. these things, and like they found this place that's giving them education and it's free. And like they leave, and like I'll see their like Snapchat and Facebook mm -hmm. and see that they're doing something with themselves. Like yeah, they're nursing assistants, they're dental assistants, and it's like man. This place isn't perfect, but it does a lot for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. How long were you there? A year or how long was it? I think two. I think two, two years. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And was there anybody who kind of changed your life at Job Corps or that made an impression on you? Everybody. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it that? they connect what makes you connect with them what the the teachers or the people that you encountered the adults oh not the students the well, students too but i mean what kind of things what were the qualities that would make you be attracted to someone that was transparency transparency was a big one mm -hmm. um I, I think i connected most with the students yeah um, so transparency, dedication, mm -hmm. the will to want to do better for themselves, the will to want to achieve better for themselves, mm -hmm. freedom, yeah, independence. and to maybe get out of to see that there's some hope to get out of some other situated life situations, maybe. Yeah, so it's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So you'd recommend it to other. <laughs> young adults it's not perfect yeah i'd recommend it to those who are um dedicated enough to stick it through mm -hmm. and to get it done yeah and that's kind of a life life skill isn't it <laughs> you know to have a vision and be able to keep you keep motivated and keep going and yeah mm -hmm. to do that that's uh that's great do you have a job now you're working at I do. I work as a med tech. At the, at, okay. And where is that? At the, it's in Warrington. In Warrington. Care, yeah. At the, yeah, at the memory care. What kind of people, what's it like there where you're working with people who are sometimes remembering things and sometimes not? What's that like for you? Humbling. <laughs> yeah? In what ways? Humbling because um, you have to be present with them. You have to be there for them mm -hmm. so it's really humbling do you feel like do you feel sometimes like they even if you don't if, even if they maybe not remember you each time you come in or something it's it, have you found like little tricks to <laughs> to be with them or <laughs> oddly enough, to communicate oddly enough sometimes they'll remember you like yeah there's this one person um 
when I go in her room and she knows it's me, she'll take my hand and kiss it. Oh, you know? Yeah. Because I did that to her hand. And oh. she remembers that. Oh. So, so it was a touch. It was things. a physical touch yeah. that did that. My mother had Alzheimer's and it was at the very end. I don't think she didn't really know who I was, but she knew the essence of who I was. And if we, if I started singing, she'd sing with me, you know, and that, and she remembered all the words to the songs. That's another thing. They remember words to songs. Yeah. Um, we have a piano. And they'll come in and play, and they remember the keys. Really? And then, yeah, they'll just start singing, and I'll start singing along. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, tender, isn't it? Makes yeah. you just feel tender too, to watch and listen. What would you say brings you the most joy in life? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> ah, God. <laughs> Honestly, um, there was a season in my life where, it was hard to find joy, but mm-hmm. I found it in his presence. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus. Yeah. And you were telling me that you were in a car accident. Tell me yeah. about that. Um, I was in a car accident in 2017 um, on my way back from the mall. And it left me paralyzed from the neck down. From the neck down? Yeah. How long were you paralyzed? I was with? paralyzed for six months. Six months. That must have been devastating. And so you were in the hospital the whole time? I was in the hospital and I was also in a nursing home. In a nursing home. You're pretty young to be in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Around a lot of people who are not young. Mm -hmm. What gave you hope then? God. (laughs) God gave me hope. My parents, they raised me in a way where we just believe miracles can happen. Like, it was like just unknowing, Mm -hmm. you know. I didn't guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are not paralyzed now. I'm not paralyzed right now. <laughs> no. Um, and looking at you, no one would know that you had been paralyzed. I think I have like a scar on my head here. But <laughs> That's with all your big hair. You can't see it. You wouldn't know. But yeah, my parents um, heard about a church conference in Tri-Cities, Washington, called the Hungry Generation. And mm-hmm. they flew me out and God healed me. At the, the conference. conference, yeah, yeah, wow, what a testimony! <laughs> All the time, isn't he? That's great. Okay, anything else you'd like to share? <laughs> what do you? Think, what What would you tell? What would you tell someone who was trying to figure out exactly what they wanted to do with themselves and they're kind of floundering? With her? What What advice could you give? To someone trying to figure out what to do with themselves yeah like you know a direction i would ask them what what do you love what is important to you what brings you happiness and joy and once you figure that out pursue it and pursue that i love that that's good all right well thank you julia (laughs) this has been fun (laughs) i can't wait to share this with everybody oh yeah (laughs) the following is recorded from a youtube interview with julia at hungry generation 
If you see the screen of your television right here, the wheelchair that she once sat in is no more. You can see her walking freely for the glory of God. Baba, sister, come, 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 come. Spin her up. We want to see what you can do. Let's look at this. Look at what God Almighty has done. Hallelujah. Julia, where did you come all the way from? Baltimore, Maryland. So you mean to say you were on a wheelchair for six months. You came all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, just to be in this service today. Yes. Julia, we understand that you were in a car accident back in November of last year that put you into a wheelchair. We want to hear and understand just a little bit more so we can really understand where you were coming from. What was the problems that you were having after you got into that car accident and you were laying in that hospital bed? What continued to go on from there? After that, I wasn't able to feel in my whole body. I wasn't able to move. My jaw was completely locked. I couldn't eat food at the time. And they were trying to put a, like a G-tube in my stomach. But my family said no, because God is going to work miracles. Amen. And we, we want to know, you said that you came from Baltimore, Maryland. But where did the car accident take place? The car accident took place in Nebraska. So you mean to say that after you got into that car accident, the doctors now said that you needed to go to Maryland where the rest of your family was for your continued treatment? Yes. And what kind of things did the doctors want you to do and how were you responding in your body? They wanted me to do physical therapy. They wanted to do more testing to try to see if, you know, I can get better. And did any of that work for you? No, God worked for me. And Julia, we want to ask you really quickly, what was your expectation? You had been going through all of this pain. You didn't have, you couldn't feel from your neck down. We saw that even as you came here, you were strapped into a wheelchair. What was it like for you even emotionally going through all of that, being a perfectly able body, getting into a car accident and then your life changing? It, was, it wasn't easy, but I was raised in a Christian home, so I knew that God can do it. I just continued to pray and cry out to Him, and it was kind of discouraging when it went six months long, but I, I just kept enduring. I kept pushing through because God's the healer. Amen. We want to hear from your sister really quickly. If you can just come over here, sister. And what is your name? My name is Lorianne. Lorianne. When you heard the news of what happened to your sister, what was the, the first thing that you thought of? When I heard the news of what happened to my sister, I was out of state. I was in Florida, Tampa, Florida. I was there. Um, you know, I also do ministry, so I was a mentor. When I heard that she was in Nebraska, you know, my dad was in Maryland, and my mom was in Nebraska with my other. So when I heard that, I was so it, it torn me. Like I was like really broken because you don't want to hear news like that, especially about your little sister. You know, she's only 70. She's turning 18 this year. So when I, you know, when that, when I heard that, it was, I was hurt. So my brothers were telling me to go and get my dad. So when I got there, we, we got, we all started praying because they said they were making different decisions. saying They're going to bring her back to Maryland because it's the best care. They weren't sure what to do. So they were transferring her from different hospitals. They even put her in a um, nursing home, you know, because she had, she was, they were saying they wanted to put a G tube on her because she wasn't able to eat on, you know, on her own. She wasn't able to move on her own. She was not able to, you know, she wasn't functioning properly. She was in, di you know, diapers, everything. It was like, it was severe. But God is a powerful God. 
and he remains God. To be paralyzed for six months and then be miraculously healed. Wow. Just wow. I hope you enjoyed listening. I look forward to joining you again next week.